from the Spacebird Media Studios. It's Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. Roxanne and Ace, this is Unlimited. Hopefully you are ready for a brand new year. Lots, of course, to celebrate. Thanks to our friends at My Brother's Cup and Birmingham Mortgage Group. How was your holiday? Absolutely great. We had some sickness in the family, so it was a bit COVID. I mean, when will COVID go away? I wish it would happen now. But other than that, we had a fabulous gathering. I did a lot of cooking. A 20-pound turkey is a little monster going in there. I gotta say though, there's something about like leftover turkey that's better than (laughs) the next day. Like nothing against it when it's fresh out of the oven, but just like cold, dark meat out of the fridge whenever you feel like munching. I don't know. I'd I'd much rather do that than a bag of chips. Well, and I turn to our viewers and listeners for advice on a perfect sweet potato casserole. Yeah. And since 10 people submitted the Ruth Chris Steakhouse sweet potato casserole. I thought it's got to be good. I'm so excited. I had so many responses. It was hard to choose one, including from moi. So I still have to do your recipe. My feelings are not hurt that you didn't choose mine. Well, when it's 10 people, I was like, I got, and listen, it's so good. You you need to lay down and have your nap right afterwards. It's just like, so how was your holiday? It was good. I had a quick little dash up to Michigan, got to see my older daughters, and then, of course, was here for Christmas Day to do all the stuff with Tanya and Ryan and Mia. And I will say, I, I was smart about it this year because my son got brand new bedroom furniture. Like, he's all up to big boy stuff now that he's a teenager. And I paced myself going into Christmas because I was not about to spend all day assembling you know, dressers and beds and whatever else. So other than his gaming chair, that was the only thing I had to actually put together. It was kind of a free-for-all. It was a very chilled day. And of course, you know, always ends with me in tears watching, you know, Jimmy Stewart and It's a Wonderful Life. That movie every year, man, it just suckers me in. But I will say this, it's a perfect precursor going into 2024 because you and I are always big on, you know, what's your word of the year and and that stuff. And for me, like being more creative and being more at peace is really kind of that place for me. But coming off of watching that movie again with those words in mind, and I hope too, wherever anyone is that's listening today, wherever you are in planning your year, and you might not even have plans, you're probably thinking 23 was terrible. Why should 24 be any different? But in realizing the butterfly snowflake effect that happens when you land on one thing and how unique not only the snowflake is within itself, no two snowflakes are the same, right? Every little flake is different, but then in that, and not to call us flakes, but just saying what it is, (laughs) but in that thinking about as we land on every little thing that God puts in our path, we are affecting and we'll never know the ripples of it. Until either, like in that movie's case, he was in trauma, distress, and people came to his aid when he was there for them, or we get to heaven, and then God's going to say, see all those people? Those are the lives you touched because you were kind, because you were gracious, because you were giving, because whatever, loving. And so whatever it is, just don't stop doing those things, because in serving and loving other people, I feel like that's a great way to jumpstart the year. Oh, no doubt about it. Life is about 
loving God and loving others. And research shows that happiness is determined by the health of your relationships. So one of the things that we're going to be talking about today is a dependency on texting. We may want to think of more personal eye contact when it comes to others. Just a couple of cultural things before we dive in today. I wanted to ask you if you got your mini cow for Christmas. That is the big thing. One livestock company that sells the miniature cows. It's the cutest little thing. Listen, if you have a mini cow, please contact me. I would even pay money to go pet this cute little tiny, fuzzy, adore. They're only $10,000. Only. And a little three-year-old girl got one for Christmas. And they're very, very popular. And But they do just... See, when I think mini cow, I think like the little plush ones you get at Chick-fil-A, you know, that say eat more chicken. (laughs) So that's what I was hoping was like, oh, is there going to be like a free chicken sandwich with that? You know, so I I didn't get a mini cow, not that I'd have a place to put it, but oh, so cute. The big thing right now, thousands of people are speculating they're doing the lip reading is whether Travis Kelsey said, I love you to uh, Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. They were at a New Year's Eve party. They were dancing and they've done the slow-mo on his mouth while they're dancing in the video. And they believe he said, plain as day, I love you, which has everyone going bananaramas. Yeah. Well, and I mean, my thought is, and I, again, not tracking from the beginning of the relationship. I just know that as a sports fan, every time I turn on the Chiefs, there she is and whatever. (laughs) But They've been together long enough now that you would think the, you know, affections of love and a deeper, you know, it's not just a, you know, publicity stunt or whatever, because she's making, you know, time in her busy tour schedule to come to the games and, you know, they're spent New Year's together. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I could see where now love is in the air and I applaud him if he's first. Okay. Because most guys are like, they wait because they're afraid to say it because they're like, Oh, thank you. And then just shake the hand, you know, because she is Taylor Swift, right? Like you, you don't want to be jilted because then, you know, you're going to be, you know, the subject of the next four songs that she writes. <laughs> you know, nobody so wants that. True. So true. There's that element going into a relationship with her for sure. Now, I know before you've mentioned dry January, Ace, where we don't have any alcohol during January. Many people yep. choose to do that. But there is January. Oh, no. I know where this is going. I can't do it. If it's like, is it like No Shave November? Yeah. Ugh. Only My- it focuses on women, the fact that there, no one should have issues with our body hair. Well, you know, due to my disease, I can't really do much about sure. Daniel Harry. But, okay. So we're supposed to just. And again, if you're away. participating, we're not judging. It's just not for us. <laughs> It's not for me. So you're not into that either. No. I with long sideburns. I can't even watch episodes of Survivor where they're on an island for oh. 36 days and they don't get yeah. and they don't have access to a razor. And I'm like, ooh, ha, ha, oh, fast forward. Like I just I just can't do it. I'm sorry. Just cannot. And you know, if there's hair on your toes, you just need to take care of that. And that's anytime, even in January. So there Maybe we it's go. For a good cause, you know. Oh. A few, few little funnies before we dive right into 
the ways that God draws people to salvation. This is such a fun thing to think about because, you know, I was uh, not a believer until well into adulthood, not raised in that environment. And I I believe God got to me and got me to salvation through a miracle, through my Mm -hmm. little girl. And that's one of the things mentioned, how God draws people in. And I think it's important in this time of life, especially when it comes to miracles, is that's how a lot of Muslims are coming to faith in Jesus, because there are hundreds of reports where they dream that God is introducing them to his son, Jesus, mm-hmm. or they or they see Jesus in their dream and they know there's something to it. So miracles are one way that he leads us to salvation. Yeah. Well, and the thing that I love, too, is, you know, in looking over this list of things, thinking about all the different stories we've heard in our time, just, you know, in the last five years of thinking how different people came to Christ different ways. So it could be, of course, for me through music, you know, it could be in that song. It doesn't even have to be a worship or Christian song. It could be in a Beatles lyric or in a Katy Perry song. I don't know. It just, he knows how to speak to us because he created us. So why wouldn't he understand what we're facing so that he can reach us in those moments? Through his circumstance, we learned this in Acts 16 with the Philippian jailer. Through answered prayer, we learn this in the story of Cornelius. Through personal supernatural encounters with God, mm-hmm. a lot of people have had those through the beauty of nature. And I think that's really important to mention because, you know, when we were out at Yellowstone, And you looked at the expansiveness and you look at the fact that the herd of buffalo you're looking at, Mm -hmm. they're without fences. They go wherever they want to go. And then the majesty of the mountains and the beauty of the waterfalls, you cannot look at that and think, well, there's no God that just popped. It just happened. There was an explosion and it just happened. Yeah. No, there's a creator and a maker of said beauty. Yeah. Well, you know, and I was even thinking about this, too, over the break, because I was doing some um, special devotionals that were Advent specific. And one of the things in reading, you know, the scriptures from Genesis about, you know, the fall of Adam, you know, prior to that was the creation. Right. And I I never really thought about it this way. And I've been you know, reading the Bible since I was six years old. So got a lot of time to process this one thing. <laughs> but God said there was light and that it was good. And some can interpret that as, well, God created something and then he got cocky and goes, look at what I've made. (laughs) That's this is not a cake on a table. okay? this Mm -hmm. is the fact of that light into dark places is a good thing. He is providing light into the darkness so that we don't have to bump into things and that we can have something to go towards. You know, when they say go to the light, you know, we're actually following him. And then once he lives inside of us, we get to also be that light. We'll be that light for other people. It's a reminder of that he lives in us. So I hope that that encourages us as we head into the new year so that we realize if we don't know what our calling or our next job or whatever is going to be, because I even heard it today, uh, that someone said, you know, being a Christian is a burden because then you're always comparing yourself to the fact, well, if I was a better Christian, I wouldn't have to deal with X, Y, and Z. Well, it's not, first of all, it's not a burden. It's the idea of the fact that you're constantly being transformed. And if 
you feel that it's a burden. Maybe God is laying the burdens of someone or a particular type, like Roxanne's burden for trafficking and, you know, and what's happening in the streets of Birmingham. You know, those kinds of things are weighed on us because God gives us that passion, that desire of our hearts, right? As Jeremiah talks about. But again, if we get to be the light and he's the light in us, we don't have to feel the burden. We just then turn around and give it to God and go, God, how can I be a part of the solution? Mm, so good. How can I be part of the solution? Well, that's exactly what Turin Newell is to you, to I, to hundreds of others. Many of our friends who have said thank you for recommending Birmingham Mortgage Group because my experience wasn't just good. It was spectacular. I don't know about you, but the last thing I think I want to do is fill out all that paperwork doing a mortgage. It's right. nightmares. It's like, do you want my molar? Can I give you blood? Yes. And they just made it painless. And Turin, as as you always stress, is this mastermind, this guru of finding the perfect mortgage for you at the best rate. Yeah. Well, and I love now in Alabama and Florida that he can take care of families, making sure you get into your dream home or refinance your existing home. But on top of that, he will go above and beyond to make sure that he meets each family's needs according to what you're facing. So if you want to find out more, easy to locate, just go to behammortgage.com or call them at 205-259-1656. That's Birmingham Mortgage Group. We mentioned texting at the top of the show. 33% of adults, 77% of 18 to 22-year-olds prefer texting over all forms of communication, including in-person. Let that sink in for a moment, mm. including in-person. A third of all adults would rather text than make a phone call. Texting is the most used form of communication for adults under age 50. But the experts are worried about this, Ace, because so much of our interaction of who we are, of sharing with one another, is that eye contact, the mm -hmm. gestures we make, the emotion that we feel, that heart-to-heart -heart contact that is really impossible to have through a text. Yeah. Well, and I'm always mindful of tone too, because, you know, just words on a screen can be misinterpreted. And there are times that you may have found yourself having to backpedal because you're like, whoa, 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 that wasn't my tone when I said that. But the way it's received by the other side can sometimes blow up in your face. And that within itself is ramifications. But I don't know. I mean, and you're a close talker. So I know how this affects you and knowing that you, you know, that people would rather get a text message from you than to be right in your face. But I mean, I don't know. I, I think coming off the holidays, I enjoyed like the company and and being yeah. able to be around people that you love. And and even if you even if everybody was still on their devices while watching a movie or eating popcorn or having dinner, or whatever, at least you're together, at least at the end of the day, like putting my arms around my kids and around my wife and around my friends, like it was a big deal. Yeah, that's one of my goals this year is to not rely so heavily on texting. I don't like being on the phone, but FaceTime is my new friend. Mm. So I plan on doing that. Something is cool. You know, periodically, we'd like to update you on what NASA is doing. And there is a brilliant man out of Huntsville, Alabama, who is leading it. I, just, I already have chills all over my body over this. By 2040, we may have a colony on the moon where people live 24-7, and it isn't just rich people and astronauts. 
they believe that this is going to happen. And the guy leading this effort is based out of Huntsville. He's absolutely brilliant. And they said, yeah, Raymond Clinton Jr. of NASA's Marshall Space Flight Center in Huntsville. Exactly how are we going to have houses, roads, and landing pads on the moon? Because the dust is a problem. It will cut your skin. The dust on the moon is wretched. Wow. Here's what this dude thinks they can do, Ace. Send 3D printers up there and print from the soil and make the parts for housing on the moon. I mean, I love the fact of the concept of that, but I've made it clear on previous shows that I do not want to go to space. I like Star Wars on the screen, you know, surround sound, DHX, all that stuff. Like, give it to me. But I, I this, this, are, this, this planet's good enough. Well, he's 71 and he doesn't feel like he's going to see it in his lifetime. But he says those younger, we're going to get to the point where we're able to do that. I don't know. A part of me would just, yeah, start packing a bag. Uh, seriously, it just. Well, by the time you're really... done with all your travels, the moon is the only place you'll have left to go. <laughs> so why not? Well, it's funny. I would, I wish, wait, maybe you can see it. Okay, I'm going to turn this. This is what my daughter, Hannah, oh boy, I'm bad at staring. Oh, those are your pictures Look. from Paris? Yes. Oh, nice. She printed them and framed them. And yes, travel is, it's getting ridiculous though. In the living room, my canvases of travels go all the way straight to the ceiling. Wow. It's really fun. All right. Speaking of future, mm -hmm. I know how you feel about this too, but I'm working on you. I am working on you. I'm trying to break me this year. Yes, Waymo. What is that? It is driverless cars in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And they sent three reporters from New York to experience it. And a lady's in the back seat being driven by this car in San Francisco, of all places. If you've, that's a highly congested, really hilly place, it would be a little scary. She said, what was weird? Is the wheels turning by itself? And a part of you is like wanting yeah. to grab the wheel. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Well, and I don't know if you've seen the new Julia Roberts movie that's on Netflix right now, but it's kind of a futuristic, like they're like, like something massive happens and you lose like all technology. Like it's, it's clearly an alien invasion of some kind. Well, the first thing that tips them off is the fact that they're trying to get out of town and there is this long line of what looks like traffic. But what it is, is it's all the driverless cars that have actually wrecked into each other because somehow the signals got crossed and they just are going at top speed, just bam, bam, running into each other. And so they're sitting there and they realize what's happening and they see cars coming behind them and they're like, get out of the car, get out of the car. So it's stuff like that that goes on in my head that I'm like, yeah, no, nah, I'm good. Forever good? I mean, what if? Until I see consistency without flaw, then, you know, I know I should have a little faith, but I am not your test subject. You cannot <laughs> give me some cheese and I'll run around the race. <laughs> well, speaking of without flaw, wow. The flavor of the Roxanne blend of coffee. I know I'm partial because the bag has my name on it. I never dreamed that would happen. Mm. I met a coffee man that makes coffee out of Mississippi. And he was like, 
I love you. We're naming one of our coffees after you. I'm like, you can't do that. You have normal like names for your coffees. What are you doing? But he was traveling the world, people getting saved everywhere he went. And I, as I looked at the people getting saved as a result of him entering a company, a, a country with coffee, mm-hmm. I couldn't stop crying. They had to, they came from all corners, the radio station. Yeah. He said, that's it. You pick it out. I'm going to name it the Roxanne Blend. And it's super yummy and super successful. Thank you for everybody who's purchased a bag. Yeah, easy to get to if you go to our website, RoxanneandAce.com. And with that, maybe you need a little brain rest. And I think as we head into the new year, what are those ways that we can actually rest our brain? Because I don't think we realize that. Like We all go to sleep. Like Our body is like, oh, I'm going to bed. And then as soon as we lay down, are, we start thinking about all the things that tomorrow may or may not bring or, oh, did I turn the stove off or is the doors all <laughs> locked? Like our, our brains need rest. They say if you'll just take five minutes and I'm not talking about meditation because I am so type A. If I meditate, I'm always I'm like, I need to be doing things. Right. Racing mind. They just say that for five minutes, just take a breath. Just breathe and try not to really think about much and just let your body rest and sort of reset. And it's one of the ways that one of the things that's very good for your brain. I'll tell you what also is good for your brain is for me to stop thinking about porch pilots, Uh, pirates. I said pilots. It's pirate. Pirates. Listen, you know, when you have a a business where a lot of packages get delivered, we do. It's a constant. And yes, we have a camera pointed right at people, but they're slick. Now, the latest thing they're doing, this is just despicable. I'm a little DoorDash person, and I'm going to pretend that I, and they have what looks like a bag of food. Yeah. And they come right up to your door, and they don't leave the food, and they take your package. That's the latest little robbery technique. Mm. Well, and I was going to ask, because I know because you guys do that as part of your business, have you had to do a lot of like return business where people like, hey, my package didn't show or I I know it was delivered, Mm -hmm. you know, but it was taken. Like, have you had that? Yeah. And I always say when you're doing the volume of business that we are, you really want to keep favor with people. Yeah. And you can't always judge whether they're being honest or not. Just refund it. Just be Amazon. Be good give them the money back. And hopefully all that goodness (laughs) will rub off. Yeah. And so the goal is to make everybody as happy as possible. And if somebody's unhappy, let's take care of that. You know, I think that's why a lot of people do buy things off Amazon. I had this beautiful egg plate to do deviled eggs for the first time in my life. mm -hmm. Very excited about this egg plate. And it was smashed into 25 trillion pieces. And I had a little, I was starting to get a boo-hoo over it. Wayne's like, it's Amazon. We'll order another one. No problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I will say, like, and this is where I could never be one of those that steals because like I would get like, you know, granny's afghan or, you know, something, you know, that, you know, like a little tea set of some kind that's like for a little kid. And then I'd feel guilty because I, uh, it's, yeah. like, you, you don't know what the value of what's in those boxes, you know, but now with this day, so many people do have like the ring cams and, you know, some kind of surveillance where they can, you know, if somebody walks up on their porch, they can see. Now you can't stop them from taking it. And I've always been of the mindset, even if you wanted to break into my house and steal something, 
take it because clearly you need it worse than I do. And I'm not, I'm not going to fight you for it. I'm not going to surrender my life. So in, in trying to protect a TV or whatever, but in that, at some point, like there's got to be something that happens that prevents this from happening. Like, I, well, I don't know what that'll look like. One of the things they have are like little lock boxes where the perf, but I don't know how they work it to where they can leave it inside this big box. And yeah. which makes me think somebody will just come and take the big box. I don't sure. Oh, no. you, know. you got to mount it to the cement and the pavement. Like there's, there's a lot of built-in things. <laughs> Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. One of the great things we get to do is interview people that we love and adore and admire. And this woman's at the top of my list. What she has done with her remarkable life. I, I really think the script needs to be written for the movie now. Uh, mm -hmm. And let's just go see it. Mm -hmm. uh, she's amazing. And her resume, I mean, where do we even start? She's gone into the darkest brothels of Nepal to deal with human trafficking. I mean, how amazing. She's been through addictions, jail, has traveled the world in ministry, Nepal, India, Russia, and is an expert on dreams now. She's gotten training doing that. <laughs> she has a prophetic ministry yeah. and she's a speaker. Yeah. We're talking about the phenomenal Tina Hamilton of the nonprofit Tina Hamilton Ministries. We're thrilled to welcome her to the show. How are you? <laughs> hey, if I didn't know me with that introduction, I would go see me. <laughs> I love it. That's excellent. So you make me sound so good. <laughs> you are, you are. And oh, Tina, it's so good to see you. For those that have heard you speak or they see you even now, they would never believe the dark places that you've been and how God has risen you out of that. Take us back a ways to that moment or or even to to a time, because there's been several moments in your life where God has shown up and show out. But I'll let you tell what part of the story that you feel like is on your heart today. Uh, well, when Roxanne said uh, being vulnerable is uh, one of my strengths, and it really is, because I do believe that Revelation says that uh, in, in twelve eleven that they overcame them by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So the more I share my testimony, the stronger I become, and it enables someone else to uh, overcome a whole lot more. You know, um, so I, I think one of my probably the most defining moments, which, you know, there are multiple, but. Um, it was a time when um, I had had a serious um, attack on my life. And, you know, I, of course, you guys know my story. I've been in and out of in and out of jail and, you know, in and out of uh, so many dark, dark places. Um, yeah, I'm trying to put this in a way where, you know, when, when we say these, the, when we give these testimonies, Ace, it's like there's something that God has done that's so precious in me that, you know, I I really love to feel the spirit of God when we break open that alabaster box and pour out that oil because it cost me a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, it cost me a lot to just um, to even give this testimony. So I I love to make sure that that the timing is right because I don't want to. You know, this isn't like just going to the Seven Eleven and getting a Slurpee. You know, it's so important because <laughs> it cost me so much. But I think the main thing is. Um, well, it was a time when I had been, um, I was leaving Alabama. I thought I'm going to start over, 
Now, I was not born again, okay? I, I, I had been born again when I was seven, but of course, with no training and discipleship, I went my own way. And, you know, I had done everything from swinging off of a pole into the pew. And, you know, I'd done so much, but never really had anyone to kind of take me in and love me where I was at and help me. And I thought, I'm just going to clean the slate, start all over, you know? And, and I was leaving Alabama and moving to Florida. And um, during that transition, um, don't ask me how I ended up there. Listen, I mean, I ended up in a lot of places I shouldn't have been, but I was at the Birmingham bus station of all places. And I was outside about to get a, a cab. And um, uh, a man grabbed me by the hair of my head and drug me down about 15 feet into a stairwell. And um, he violently raped me and took everything that I had and left me there for dead. I mean, I was, I was incredibly beat up, didn't have any clothes because he, you know, he took my clothes and um, I was just stuck there because I had no way, I couldn't really get out. I would, didn't have any clothes, but I happened to see him, how he dropped them on the, up, going up the stairs as he was running out. And, you know, someone passed by and I just tried to yell out and ask them to please toss uh, something to cover me up down there. And somebody just tossed it down, you know, and like a piece of trash, mm. you know, and there was such a breaking in that moment that I thought there's no way that people can actually just walk by someone that's been hurt and just beat up and had their almost their throat just completely, you know, broken in two. But it was it, it was like just stepping over a piece of trash. And and it's like I heard it's not like I heard the audible voice of God say, you have to go and get some help or you're going to die and this will be it. So I knew then, um, you know, I and listen, the worst part or almost the worst part of this is. I was trying to get home um, and some policemen passed by and I asked them if they could just take me to a place where I could just, you know, where I could get home. And they knew me and they said, oh, that's just Tina Reed. Um, you know, let's, you know, just Tina, go home, just go home. Never asked me what was wrong with me. I was bloody, beaten up. They took, I mean, I had nothing. I had no phone. I had no, no money or anything and just left me there and told me no you know um and i was it, so anyway you know i don't i could go on and on and on but that was such a defining moment in my life where i knew i was about to die if i didn't make a change and i did you went to teen challenge right i did that's the the very next i mean well i made the call like honestly Roxanne, when I got home, I, I like finally just, I balled up. I was like in a fetal position for, I don't know how long, because I just couldn't seem to process and wrap my brain around what had just happened. And this would been, it had happened so many times before, but this was, this was new. This was a whole new episode that, that had taken place. And so I was trying to process it, but, you know, it took me about two weeks. And uh, when I finally came to, you know, um, I called the only person I knew that could help me. And he was a, a preacher or a pastor at a church. And I asked him, would he please help me? And he said, I've got the place for you. I didn't really know anything about Teen Challenge, but he did. And he said, you just load up and I'll take you there. And 
he did. And the funny thing is, is this was in March. And remember that freak snowstorm we had in 1999 or 1998? Yes. It was in March. Okay. I was, I was supposed to go in Teen Challenge that week before that snowstorm hit, before the ice. And I mean, the enemy was trying every way he could to keep me from, from going. And, you know, it was like, even through the ice and through that four or five days where I was just like closed in, it's like, God just kept me so protected. I was in so much peace. And then, you know, when it opened up, I mean, within a, maybe two or three days, I was headed to Mississippi, went to Pascagoula, Mississippi and stayed there. Um, they had to practically kick me out because I, I didn't want to go. <laughs> so, you know, when you graduate, but you want to stay. <laughs> it's like I loved being in that protective bubble, you know. But yes, it completely changed my life. And from that point on, I mean, I've, I've never looked back. So Tina, it's I know that so for a lot of people, they would take a moment like what you experienced and let it define them that they're never in that, that they now see themselves as trash. What do you say to someone who has been through a similar experience? Cause unfortunately we've heard it on this show many times, but in numerous other outlets, mm -hmm. what do you say to that person that still sees themselves at the bottom of the stairwell naked mm -hmm. and feeling like God's not got me at all? Oh, wow. You know, I, the first thing that comes to my mind is how God takes trash and turns it into a treasure. And I think about that so much because, I mean, I, of course, I never was trash and no one that is born is trash because God doesn't make junk. But, you know, it's like I had to learn. Well, you have to learn that you're valuable. I mean, I, um, so I would just tell that person that if God made you and you've got the DNA of God inside of you, no matter where you've been or what what you have done, it never should define you. That I think I'll, you know, I know all those years I went through all of that junk. It's God was just, I was building a resume, you know, and believe me, I've got a lot on my resume. I have a lot of stuff, but wow, you know, I never, I think it's every day of my life, I use part of my testimony somewhere to show people that you can do it. Because if I can do it, I know you can. You know, when I think of people who are conduits for his purpose, vessels for him in every moment, I see your yeah. face. How, <laughs> how are you able to do that? And how could you suggest that we grow in Christ as you have? The thing that I have learned on a day-to-day -day basis is I, I'm always just leaning into him. I think mainly gratefulness for one i mean i think the gratefulness is probably the conduit for everything being thankful just being thankful don't start your day complaining but being thankful for the very breath that i breathe because i shouldn't be here i should have died a thousand times over but you know really to to just be repentant and i don't mean that you know people especially uh the old pentecostal people turn repentance into such a a, a a horrible thing because it's not, it's just changing your mind. It's remaining humble. You know, I'm just, God, I messed up. You know, I'm so sorry. I don't, you know, and he, he's already forgiven me, but that comes when you repent, it's like the humility comes and then you just, you lean in closer to Jesus because what we tend to do, I think in humanity, we run from the Lord when we've done wrong instead of running to him and, you know, I've always, you know, I've just adopted that in my life along the way is there's no sense in running 
you know, if I've done something, just out with it. That's the reason why. I mean, when I remember the first time I come on y'all, y'all show, I called my preacher and I said, listen, just, you know, pray for me and pray that I don't cuss. Yeah, no, we don't want you to cuss, Tina. But you know, I I think it's just leaning into him. You you know, where I'm weak, he's strong. Mm -hmm. And I just admit it. I'm vulnerable. And I just, you know, it's all about him anyway. It's all about him. And that's where the growth comes from, is just remaining humble, lean on him and say, God, I can't do it without you. Let it go. So good. Tina Hamilton has been our guest. What's the best way for people to keep up with where you're at? Tina Reed Hamilton is my Facebook and I have a Tina Hamilton ministries on Facebook so they can find me at either one of those. And I'm on Instagram and all that other stuff, but you know, it's easier to find me on Facebook, Tina Reed Hamilton. Well, I know God's just getting started girl with you. Uh, every time I see you, I'm just so inspired and uh, I thank you for, for getting raw and real with us. That's not an easy thing to do. And uh, you're just remarkable, and we love you. We wish you the best this year and always. Well, thank you, Roxanne. Thank you. I love you so much. Mwah. Well, I know that uh, now with season two officially here, one of the things we want to do in wrapping up each week's show is what is our vibe of the week? And so whether it's movie, music, friendships, you know, sermons we've heard, whatever it might be. Uh, so Roxanne, I wanted to find out what are you vibing on this week? So for me, it's New Year's resolutions. It's just that time of year when we have a reset and we look at great advice. And the New York Times, some of the advice given, I think, is really a good mindset for this year. Drive slower. Mm. It's safer. It's less stressful. Look around. It's going to be okay. You'll get there. Yeah. You really will. You've got God's protection. He's protecting you from something. Wear a watch. And the, the reason for doing that is a lot of people use their phone as a watch. And then what are you doing? Scrolling. Right. And you're not doing what needs to be done. Sure. So I think that's a good tip. Realize that there are many things that you can't control, but you can control how you respond. You mm -hmm. can't control others and their thoughts, but how you respond is your decision. I think that's very positive. Be a fountain, not a drain. Isn't that cute? That's very cute. We <laughs> need that then, on a t-shirt. And then this really applies to me. Just book the trip. Mm. Do it. And and this is really specific. You know, I, I have a friend who had waited to travel with her husband and he retired and he had a heart attack. And that was it. No trip. Yeah. You've got you just take the trip. And there's you always say, Well, there's never any money. There's no time. I can't take a break. You don't want to live life with regrets. Yeah. Amen. How well, about you? My, my vibe this week is a new book that I got, and it's the ultimately it's pointing you to a better Sunday experience. So as you're going to church, whether it's a new church or it's a church you've been at for years, but you don't just don't feel like you're getting anything out of it. So as a worship leader, I want to always keep my heart and mind in check so that when I'm leading, that I'm in a place that I'm like, okay, there's a lot to be done for this week's service. So there's, you know, a lot of moving parts or whatever, or somebody called in sick. Now, what are we going to do for this solo? Like, I want to be in a place that I just flow, right? And and because Sundays matter, right? That's the name of the book. And and if they matter, what are we doing to maximize them so that the the overflow of the message, the music, the relationships, 
the coffee you had, whatever, the Sunday school class you went to, what is it that in that overflow of Sunday that carries you? Like there's a reason church has Wednesday night services, right? So that as the dip starts to hit, you got that midweek hump and whoo, all right, there's another wave <laughs> and it carries you from Sunday to Sunday. But I think we're also responsible for that on our own. It's that daily time, that walk with God this year that can carry us to not only realize the importance of Sundays, but to then be a part of that overflow to ourselves, our family, other people, coworkers. When people just look at you, you just light up because you're like, well, Sunday was great. And I want to carry this, you know, what, you know, what God said to me is means something. And that's ultimately what I, I feel Sundays do matter. And that's what I'm finding out. So maybe over the next few weeks, I can unfold a few more of those messaging. But, you know, ultimately this year, God is the one who defines who we are. And that's what we hope you get out of this show. That's what we hope you get out of the services of the churches you're going to and the small groups you're investing into. And just know that we're here for you each and every Friday. Like, subscribe, follow. And uh, thanks again to My Brother's Cup and Birmingham Mortgage Group for making this week and season two possible. And we'll see you again next Friday. Roxanne, I love you. Love you so much. You've been listening to Roxanne and Ace Unlimited. To make sure you don't miss future shows, you can subscribe anywhere you like to podcast and catch up on anything you've missed. Find out more at RoxanneAndAce.com. Roxanne and Ace Unlimited is a production of Spacebird Media.